Hello and welcome to the Sports Babble, um, a GAA edition. Yes. We haven't really got a name for our GAA podcast yet. We'll just call it the Sports Babble podcast um, and just keep it going from there. Sure. Babble Chats GAA. <coughs> Babble Chats GAA, yeah, yeah, indeed. <coughs> uh, so yeah, Saturday morning in, in my house over here in Brent, South and Brenton are just waiting for a special guest coming in. Yes. Um, uh, an Arma Hurler who's won a bucket load of trophies and medals. Um, which you can when you think about RMI Gael or GA, you would sort of think of um the footballers, what they've been doing, especially Joe Kernan, and even the lady footballers because obviously they're quite successful as well. Yeah. Um. So the hurlers don't really, uh, not the ignorant way don't come into it, but it's just they're not really a thought of yeah. as as highly. They don't get a look in. Um, maybe that's well we'll find out later what Cahill thinks and maybe what, what yeah, hopefully that's going to change like yeah Cahill maybe tell us sort of why and how um, but looking forward to finding out a little bit more about it definitely yeah. uh, the GA season starts in earnest this yes. weekend the, the Connacht football championship starts the, the the Joe McDonough which is the second tier in Hurland now championship starts so um Cass will be able to tell us more about that there yeah, when trying to figure it out work, work <coughs> our way around the new system yes the and when I say GA season starts for all you club uh, hipsters and rebels out there, yes, I'm aware the club season has started as well. I'm very sorry for that, but county season starts in earnest. So we're looking forward to that. It's the weekend. It's the weekend. It's the bank holiday weekend uh, for some of us. Apologies, Brendan. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't wait. To, I'm looking forward to this summer of GA action. Yeah. Because uh, we at the sports club, we're going to try and get to as many. Yeah. Um, Nothing beats getting out like no. on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. A sunny, uh, GAA face. Even a, a Saturday evening is brilliant, like, and yeah. sort of. And I know with the World Cup coming up in soccer as well, which obviously we'll be uh, knee deep looking into, yeah. obviously. But the GAA summer, like, it's just, it's just when it starts, I sort of have the feeling. I know when I was younger that summer has started. Even yeah. when you're at school, you're like, okay, the summer has started now. When you hear the RT song come on, yeah. um, and I know what BBC Northern Ireland haven't got many much coverage this year, but. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We will take over that mantle. Yes, we will. The BBC won't do it, we'll do it yeah. up, up here in the north. But yes, Cattle should be coming in in a couple of minutes um, and we're going to sit down with him and get going. So we can't wait. Looking forward to it. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Babble. Um, we're starting our GAS summer extravaganza, we're going to call it. Um, and we're a very special guest. It's myself. Hello, Brenton. Yeah. Brent's not our special guest, he's our usual, um, the, the, well, no. the bigger half <laughs> of the sports battle. But we have Cahill Carville in Hi from uh, Middletown and our Hurland royalty, I'll call you. Well, I don't know about that, but I'm uh, <laughs> delighted to be here and delighted to talk things sport and Hurland and Armagh Hurland. So I um, appreciate the guys giving me the chance to come on. Cal, you have just recently retired. Congratulations on uh, quite a successful uh, Hurland career. A county hurling career, yeah, especially. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's been, um, I suppose, the focus of the past 13 years of my life. And, you know, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a complete honour for me to pull on the Armagh jersey and especially the hurling jersey. When I, I suppose, started out, um, hurling and Armagh wasn't maybe the, the most glamorous uh, title <laughs> to have in the GEA, but certainly through the success and the profile that we've had, along with the the other players we've certainly upped the profile and pushed things on to my mind so hopefully I'm leaving Armour Hurling in better health than when I come into it you know um, well just I would just mention you've obviously just retired you've been talking about there what how come you're 31 years old what was it was it the fact that the, obviously work's coming into it now and a career and stuff and, and the travel up and down training because you hear that all the time right? yeah. players can't commit yeah. because of the travel and stuff <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. I think players are taking a wee bit more responsibility for themselves in their career. Like, I, I look at the guys like uh, Jim O'Connolly in Dublin. You know, he's had a very successful career but uh, uh, with Dublin footballers, but I think he wants a bit of his own time. He's around the same age as me. Uh, and, yes, the GAA is important, and it's been a massive part of my life. And, you know, the GAA does great things uh, um, in Ireland. But for me, I had to sort of focus on myself. I, as you know, I'm a solicitor and a one of the big corporate firms in uh, Belfast and you know that has always been a difficulty for me in terms of time management now the Arthur Cox are great in terms of how they allow me to pursue both sides of it but it got to the stage now where you know with also your personal life outside of work and I'm looking at starting to build a house now 
and all the friends are sort of getting married and I have a few weddings and different things that before I would never have gone to or never even contemplated going to but because they're close friends I'm trying to also do that there as well you know so life sort of moves on and for me um, I just turned 31 as you said and um, I could still do it from a you know physical point of view and mentally I could still do it but I just didn't have the time anymore and I felt myself if I'm not going to give 100% to it um, there's no point in doing it because you go in 60-70% and just you're a passenger and you're not giving your best and you know it becomes you're not enjoying it anymore if you're not giving your best to training and you're not pushing things on and to my mind if you're not improving it you know it's better to, to step away and that's after uh, thinking about it and you know discussing it with family and also um, with coaching staff it was just best and it was the right time for me. Um. Arma haven't played a championship game yet. Another player maybe a league game. Yeah. So maybe it might just hit you. Just you might miss it. You know, as soon as the throw in. But will you go and watch Arma play? Have yeah. you been to watch the league games? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was sort of back in. We we had a very successful club run this year. We did three in a row with Middletown for the first time in the club's history, and we have a really special team with Middletown. We were unfortunate to lose to um, Kinturk in Cork in um, February this year in the All Ireland semi final. And the funny thing was, uh, I see all the stuff talking about the failures now um, on the 14s. We actually went down to Kinturk and stayed with them when I was under 14. And I would know um, a lot of the guys from Kinturk very well from then. Um, and you know, Aidan Walsh, uh, David, my cousin, he stayed with Aidan Walsh and has kept in contact with him. So it was funny now. 16 years on after playing them in the All-Ireland semi-final in the Fela and on 14 we played them then in an All-Ireland semi-final at a, a senior level so that was um, it was ironic to see that the, and the, a lot of the same boys were playing from those two times but there was a lot involved in that there you know um, in terms of training over uh, Christmas you know we were out Boxing Day we were training up for Christmas you know there was no we took it very very seriously to try and you know win that All-Ireland we had been in the All-Ireland final in 2011 and you know just came up short against Mount Lancer Rangers in Crow Park so we were very determined to get back it didn't go the way we wanted it to um, against Kentuck they ultimately went on and won it um, but you know I think mentally it was a lot to give and especially for a lot of the players who to run through for three years in a row and then to come back and the guys um, I had a I went away with a girlfriend then the day after we lost the All-Ireland final and we just went down to save Donna just for the, the day and I was getting phone calls to come back and play for the county the next week we needed you back we needed you back you know and mentally I was trying to get myself enough from my mind that I was going to go back you know and um I, I, I did play some of the league games but again I didn't think that I was given what I could uh, in a normal situation but it's very hard to get yourself up to go and go and go and give your give of yourself every time to different teams you know so yeah. that again was part of the reason Um, now I've come back and I'm playing football with the club and really really enjoying it Um, we have Tony Scullion the trainer from Durian um, and Tony's like as enthusiastic a GML as you'll find there's a bit of craziness in there which suits me behind okay so you know I'm really enjoying that you know I've put the sticks down for a wee while and you know we're enjoying the football and we're doing well so I think when it comes to the, the Christie Ring and um, the games especially the Ulster games against Down and uh, Derry you know I will miss it but there's other guys that are maybe champing up the bit to, to get that position and to push on so you know I wish them all the best but uh, not just missing it just yet because we'll be doing pretty hard training on set yeah, yeah so there could be a few uh, sick laps and all <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolutely and obviously you were you know committed on so many levels mm-hmm. and obviously you still are but maybe not as many now how is retirement so well I, to be honest I'm very much enjoying it I was uh, in Krakow there um, for four days at this time of year which is again unheard of you know holidays just to be honest in 13 years I went maybe two or three holidays um, in whole that time missed stag missed weddings missed everything because of GA not only commitment from um, the county but when you're a successful club player as well you know you once the county's over you're straight back into that there so it was very hard to actually plan you know holidays around uh, your GA and for me GA always came first or always came first um, and it, that was difficult to do so 
you know, enjoyed the trip away and missed one football match, which I don't think our club coach is too happy about. But, um, you know, you get that opportunity and one of my friends is getting married in Stockholm, so I'm going out to that there. So, you know, I'll enjoy that. And as someone texts me when um, a good friend of mine, when I did retire, he says, trust me on this, there's more to life than the GAA. And maybe I'm starting to see a wee bit of that now. Um, it's... I can't go we've only had two holidays in the first few years I don't think people probably no. realise the level of, of yeah. commitment well like if you think about it you know we're back in and I'll give you an example uh, that 2011-2012 season we uh, won uh, all of the a lot of the middle hand boys were playing um, with Armagh going back to the 2010 season we started pre-season about November time Trained right through, then we had the league, then we had uh, the Nicky Racker at that stage, then that ended about June time. Then we went, uh, and that included the Ulster Championship, then we went back into the club playing club football and club hurling. And we won the, um, got to the semi final, I think, of the club football, which went on till the end of September time. Then we had, we won the club championship, then we went to the Ulster Championship um, in the hurling. That ran through, we won Ulster in, I think, October time. Uh, then we trained all during the winter for the um, All-Ireland semi-final, which we won beat F in the Monster Champions in January time. Then we went to the All-Ireland final. It was the 11th of um, February. My Lancer Rangers beat us in that there. Um, then the week after, I went and played in the Interprovincials um, for Ulster against Connacht. That was a bonus for the following week. And then the following week, I flew to London to play uh, for <laughs> Armagh. And then we were back into the Armagh uh, um, Intercounty. And then we went and won the, uh, the Nicky Racket that year. And then I was back with the club. So, you know, if you can fit in time for holidays and, you know, and forget about, you know, even, you know, relationships in your family or going for catching up with your mates. So that's, yeah, <laughs> also you have to work as well. So, so trying to run that round the clock and, and like myself and the middle hand boys, you know, I suppose success is great, but it creates more demand on you, more demand on your time, you know, because the more successful you are, the more time you have to spend to keep at that level and also to push on because you have more games coming thick and fast. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. I reckon Joe Brawley hears that his head looks <laughs> Joe knows all about it, so he does. I see him down the court quite a bit, you know, uh, so we're always slagging and, uh, and talking about that there. But um, yeah, so like that's the commitment. But in saying that there, you know, it's a choice I made. I r- really enjoy the GA. It gets give me a chance to go home. I live in Belfast as well. So if you think about that timing, but also I have to do an hour up the road and an hour back to Belfast every night, and my job is very demanding. Like, and I would be wouldn't say I'd be a, a workaholic, but uh, I don't really like too much free time. So sounds you know, like it. <laughs> so um, I, I'm always busy at that there. So it's always trying to get that balance, and you know sometimes I'm looking up my diary um and speaking of my second on Monday morning or a Sunday night saying. How am I gonna do all of these things? You know, in the time frame I have. So retirement has allowed me a wee bit um, of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> sleep's overrated, real, I think. But uh, yeah, so it's just so I can focus a bit more on what I'm doing in the office, but also so I've got other interests as well and charity work that I'm involved with, and um, I'm speaking to some uh, political groups at the moment as well. So there's all of that happening. So I'll definitely not. Uh, I'll, I'll not have much time for. For wrestling or else, you know. No, I, I was going to ask you just, I know Brent wants to ask you about uh, all sort of development, hurling, yeah. hurling and stuff, but I just want to, because obviously you retired, like, I was going to say, like, what, in your, what is next for you? You've been writing for the Gaelic Life, which I've been enjoying reading and stuff, yeah. and you did stuff with Andy Waters and the Irish News. Is it you, to keep a columnist going, or uh, is well, that just like a, a hobby? Yeah, well, that's sort of a hobby. Obviously, I have very strong views on many different things, you know, yes. uh, for for right or wrong. Anyone that's been on my Twitter will probably see that. But, um, no, there's a lot of other interests that I w- wish to pursue of doing more work with Cancer Focus, um, which is a charity that um, we're close to and do a lot of stuff and work with that there. Um, also, as I said, there's uh, the, the politics, which I want to get a wee bit more involved in. But I think my sort of focus at the minute is on work and, you know, trying to develop my career and progress that on. You know, I've been a solicitor for um, eight years in September time, you know, which I don't know where that time's gone to. So there's a big emphasis from me on that there. I'm also um, hopefully starting to build a house now um, in the next couple of months. So that's going to take uh, a lot of my time. And 
money as well <laughs> to do that there. So there's plenty of things happening there. Um, we, as I said, so a couple of my close friends are getting married in the next year or so, and you know my best man for fun on those, and you know organising stag do's and all, which will be a, a really good break. I, I, I noted when the Gooch Cooper when he did his cruciate uh, they were saying oh this is terrible he was out for a year and all that there but the benefit of not having an undercounty is you can go to stag do's and you can go to weddings and you can enjoy yourself um, more so I'm looking forward to that I actually remember the, it must be two years ago um, where we were in the Ulster Herman final and we played Antrim and it was on the Sunday and I had and this sounds crazy like but that, that, that summer I had 14 weddings of people I was very friendly with one of my friends says a, a wedding invitation I'd rather get a summons that invitation. sounds like you have a 15 to go out on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> for a football game it, or something oh, it? Like, it was ridiculous but I had um, two weddings on a Friday one on a Saturday <clears> the Ulster Herman final on the Sunday and then I had a wedding on the Monday so I went to the morning of one of them on the Friday the ceremony went to the evening on the Friday night of the other one and then went on Saturday but at all these I wasn't drinking or you know I sort of mm. left early for all of them so yes you were there but you didn't really get to enjoy it as much and then we had the final and we were very unlucky I felt not you know not to um, beat Antrim but um, and then we had the one on the Monday so now that I don't have that much pressure you know I can sort of uh, enjoy those things a little bit more which I'm looking forward to no that's class I I actually feel tired now for you <laughs> <laughs> listen to what you've done you gotta be busy you gotta every day you gotta achieve something that's the way I look at it yeah so, that, you, know? Like, uh, you know it's very interesting that a lot of our GA players like um, Ashleen the core curlers you see Ashley Thompson yeah, yeah and then yeah. you Paul Galvin that's coming out now and they're because obviously they've been prominent fingers and still are prominent figures uh, in their scene for Gaelic and football whatever and then yourself obviously to go in to do a career in something else instead mm-hmm. of just like I think it's this is going to sound harsh if you just go into the media thing mm-hmm. I think it's sort of an easy route just go in and just chat yeah. whereas these people are throwing themselves into something new and they're, they're inspiring younger people to go and do something new then yeah. as well you know? and because they're sort of younger age and people can relate to them a little bit more yeah well certainly what I think and I've always said this I go back to um, I went to secondary school in St. Pat's and I go back and do the mock interview days every year and uh, the junior prize giving and things I got there and sort of my message to the younger guys is that you know enjoy your GAA and you know get the most out of it in terms of fitness in terms of mental health in terms of your friends in terms of you know experiences belong, yeah belonging to where you are and you know a sense of community it's brilliant for that there but um, you have to concentrate and put your studies first and your career first because at the end of the day, although the GAA is brilliant and opens so many doors and different things, um, it doesn't put food on the table. And I certainly feel, although my GAA career and like in business, you know, I'm obviously a solicitor, but I work with some of the top businesses in um, this part of the world and also worldwide, you know. So the GAA does open so many doors in terms of, you know, businesses and bringing in new clients and all of that there, which is great. But, you know, in order to get to that stage and to have a career, whether it is financial services, whether it's law, whether it's your own business, whatever else, you know, you need that education and you need that finance. So what I always say to the younger people is that, you know, that has to take priority and then the GA and sport come second. But, you know, you can do both. That's very good. That's, that's spot on. Yeah. Um, just talking about the, the youth, you know, and, and inspiring them and just to get back to the hurling. Yeah. What are we doing right? And what do we need to be doing more of in Ulster? What are we doing right? That's a good question. Um, like, I don't want to be too critical of, you know, Ulster Council and um, the guys and Michael Hoffman will be a good friend and I, I think he's, you know, he's a great businessman as well and, you know, he is very passionate about um, GEA and Ulster but, you know, I certainly think we need, and I have said previously, that the development of Harlan in Ulster needs to be the number one priority outside of football, outside of everything else. We need to be putting as much resources as are possible into it, you know, to encourage you, the young people to get involved, um, to encourage people who want to start up new clubs. Like we have a new club in Armagh and Mullabon, which they're doing great work up there. And two of my um, club mates, Ryan Gaffney and James McKernan, are some of the development coaches around um, Armagh as well. And they're really trying to push things from that point of view. Um, in Throne, they have their um, five-year plan. They've put in place to develop, develop Ireland in what is a football mod county. And, um, you know, Kelly Clark, her have started up a new club which is great to see in Ben Burb as well so you know it, it's all to my mind it's all about the youth and getting 
a, a hurl into the hand of every you know eight nine ten year old that there is and even in my own club like we you know not that we're from we're from rural part of Armagh just right on the border but you know the it's so great to see on a, a Saturday morning when we're, we're up training you know we've got three pitches and they're all full of young ones you know mm. with the hurl in the hand and you know really enjoying it and you know I think that and certainly if I have kids you know I want them to have the experiences that I had of playing with Armagh of playing with uh, Ulster or you know representing Ireland as well you know and I think we really need to focus not only not just resources in terms of money in terms of you know promoting the game but you know also helping people who are enthusiastic and want to start up clubs in the likes of say Calvin and want to push things on um, you know that they have the resources and they have the a ability um, to do that so yes there are some good things going on in Ulster and you know the um, the new initiative that the GA has started in Belfast as well like it's a prime example it should be a hub of um, it's really really not like you know and it's it, like, yes there is competition from the likes of you know uh, rugby and there is competition uh, in <coughs> terms of uh, soccer and, and things like that there but like I live just up the Omer Road and you know, yeah. with Charleville playing fields and I think, yeah, yeah, yeah and I just think maybe I've seen one hurling stick on the Omer Road in the whole time I've been there you know and I really think there is an opportunity there and it is good to see that they're, uh, they've started this new initiative in Belfast but in the likes of that there that should be you know a hub of the GA uh, like Dublin is um, so there's an opportunity and you know in the likes of say Fermanagh which you know Lesnarski and Les Blois are doing great work for Hurling but they should be given the ability to expand that and to push that on you know I think I can't remember the, the journalist is um, it Kieran Cunningham maybe it's it or Kieran I can't remember which one it was but he talked about this actually mm-hmm. recently and and I used to live in Norman Road myself, yeah. um, and obviously being a, from a down man, I know we all have a cross. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually wearing my down top today. Uh, I'll say that, I'll say that. And I played for Breda, so we would have played Breda, and then yeah. one, one of my very good mates, Paddy Byrne, he mm-hmm. captained Breda and all, yeah. and they won Ulster titles and different things, and he played for Down, and he, lo- he loves the club. Right up there, I noticed that there just wasn't, and mm-hmm. like you, it's interesting because obviously Dublin, Dublin's different. It's yeah, massive. Yeah, but then you yeah. have if you go across, you have the likes of like say Cork is a hub. Yeah. And then if you go on up like into Galway and stuff, there's hubs, but there isn't like Ulster seems to just be so dispersed and just spread out. It just yeah, and also if you look at like let's look at the um, All Ireland Club Finals this year. You know you had the Piercy who are a um, Limerick club who are like. Um, five minutes from uh, the sports grounds down there yeah. um, uh, and just across from Thurman Park so you know they have obviously the pick and they're a very successful club and then Kula again you know are a very successful club urban area you know and that's where like especially in, in the north where you have the likes of Belfast and the likes of um, Derry really should have, you know, passionate and energetic uh, clubs. I know Namai in Derry City is a very good hurling club, but like when you have the chimney pots, you need to be making the most of it. Like in Middletown, the population, you know, is, it wouldn't even compare to the on road, you know, but but yet we can feel that every level in both women's football uh, in Camogie, in hurling, in um, football as well and, and you know be successful in terms of all four of them so to my mind in those urban areas there's no excuse why we shouldn't be developing you know great teams developing great players that can push on each of the county and filter into that there and plus you know speaking of the youth with all of the things that are going on in terms of you know the the bad things that you can get get involved with and say the devil makes work for idle hands you know if you are involved in um the GEA you're less likely to be distracted by other things that you shouldn't be involved in you know that's um it, it just like even you're talking about Slough Neil and the way and the way they've done and you're talking about obviously your own club yeah. Middletown when Slough Neil obviously were massively coveraged um, by BBC and RT because there was that the camogie the footballers and the hurlers yeah, were all yeah. doing amazing and that was brilliant but I, I don't personally my hometown is Bambridge yeah yeah, and Brenton's Porter Down and there isn't a huge GA mm. there is club a club yeah. there or clubs there but there's not a massive GA scene so I've never had the experience I don't know if you have or not Brent no. where you've felt like you obviously yeah. when you talk about Middletown you know you can tell how much you love it in yeah, its community yeah. the same with um, Slough Neil was there a pressure on you at Middletown then uh, well, to win and like does the whole does the town feel it like when you are going far and well I'll give you an example just of what my club means to me like I have lived in Belfast since uni and you know worked in Belfast work in the city centre 
lived in various areas of South Belfast and I've been living in the Elm Road for a while but you know I'm home all the time and you know I have a big family of three brothers two sisters who are all you know involved with the club who all played hurling football for the club who brother Don played with me um, uh, with Armagh for years my sister played with Armagh and things I got there and like my mum and sisters and all our ones would be the biggest supporters would travel the country you know um, to watch us play and you know the Middletown boys are my best friends you know and uh, we there's no pressure in terms of the club the club wants to do well the pressure for us comes from within you know, uh, uh, for us to be better, and I don't, I don't think people will mind us saying that, you know, the driver that has made Armagh successful in the past few years have been the success of our club, and the players that are there, the likes of Ryan Gaffney, your David Carwells, your Nathan Curry, your Owen Curry, all those boys who have been leaders in our club and have brought that leadership to the um, county, but I, you know, people say to me, you're mad going home uh, two or three nights a week to play with Middletown, and you're two hours there, you're two hours back, and you might have to do two hours of work with when you come back but you know what my clan example of my club means to me my brother was in a, a serious enough accident a few years ago and um, you know it was a very traumatic time for our family but the club was there for me they were the ones that were there phone phoning up all the boys texting me seeing where it was boys coming down to the hospital and different things and you know they couldn't have been more supportive the whole club and the players and my friends you know and you know my biggest fear of playing isn't getting injured isn't um you know uh, not not uh, playing that well my biggest fear and i've said to the boys is letting them down you know and that's a yes. uh, where you're from you, you my old coach said the hurlings in the blood and certainly in the blood where we're from and uh, you know playing with Middleton that's the draw was for me to go back there like they say well, you know one life one club and I have had the opportunity to play up in Belfast and playing different clubs and different people have come to me but you know I'm a Middleton man I'll always be a Middleton man you know and there's that sense of community and when we went to the All-Ireland final like you know the place was alive yeah. uh, and there's kids out with a hurling stick and they just wanted to they wanted to be the you know Marty Moans they wanted to be Marty McGuire they wanted to be Ryan Gaffney you know they wanted to be those players you know to Cal Carl yeah, <laughs> we can say it you don't have to say it we'll say it uh, but yeah they all wanted and they were, we were the role models for them guys and you know there's something very special about that no that like that's I hear people sort of slag that and slate mm. that sometimes and, and we'll tell you like um don't believe the hype of the GAA it's all yeah. you know, show, not show ponies wrong. I always get this I always say the wrong things but you know what I mean it's it's, it's fake yeah, but yeah, you yeah. can tell from the way that the Slot and Neil boys talk and even yourself like as we said there is something in that yeah. and I think God willing that we have little ones I would want them to be part of a, yeah, yeah. a club certainly yeah. a local club here that they can get involved in and then I don't know I don't think I'll go back and play because it wasn't much use I can hit people with a stick like, <laughs> and I didn't mind well, sometimes that's all you need I, I didn't mind trying to hit people with a stick but um, I think We'll talk about the structures now of the new setup. I know myself and Brent wants to ask you a few things and what's going on because we couldn't really work it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and obviously, um, the forty two dot e picked up your your tweets because you yeah. did say you, you like yeah. to speak your mind. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on. Yeah. I wanted to get you on because you're not just going to be a yes no man. You're not Roy Hodgson. No, no, no. Uh, you know, yeah. say, you, you're in club and say how you feel. Like, and absolutely, club yeah. and I feel the same about Brexit. So. <laughs> yeah. oh, yes. you're, you're in a nice house. So yeah. you're, you're welcome in here. We, well, maybe I'll talk about Brexit tonight yeah. or this morning, but yeah. uh, we'll get into it at some point, surely. I'd love to get a chat about it but Hello, we got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes Brent wanted to ask you uh, I'll, let, I'll let you take over Brent and, and see about the GS structures uh, how does it work the new <laughs> system I'm asking all the difficult questions yeah, yeah your guess is as good as mine but well I suppose with the, from the lower tiers I don't really like that um, phrase but you know the, the other competitions last year the, the frustration I had was with when they announced the, the changes and that's why I went on my Twitter uh, tirade uh, uh, with a, a number of early morning tweets but um, the, the issue I had is that we were in three Nicky Record finals and I, now we have won the Nicky Record I have two medals already we were there um, three years ago and we left behind against was Colin a freak goal at the end you know cost us it against me when I was captain really should have won that day 16 whites um, you know tells its own story so uh, and then with Derry they were just too good last year so you know I and probably if this had been the case would I have maybe have come back you know who knows uh, this year but um, the decision was made that you know if you're in the final that you were to move up into the Christian ring and then this new Joe McDonough Cup was um, has been created and 
Antrim were in a similar position to us they lost quite heavily to Carlo in the Christy Ring final and I have no doubt that Antrim would have wanted to avenge that after losing to Meath as well that they would have had the chance to go and actually win it outright mm-hmm. and personally I think you should move up when you are the champions the champions should move up if you've won you should move up um, so I was keen that we stayed in the Nicky record until we actually won the trophy and then moved up being in the final on a number of occasions doesn't mean you've won it so um, and, and similar with Antrim but then it came out that we were to move up into the Christian ring and like we have competed with the teams in the Christian ring before and beaten a number of them me when we won the league in 2016 beat them heavily in Armagh so you know we, we have the ability to do that and now they're up in the Joe McDonough Cup so um, the way it works is that we are now out of the Nicky record and there's four teams in the Larry Mar and then there's I think six teams in the Nicky record then we have moved into the Christian ring and then the Joe McDonough Cup is made up of the likes of Anton, the likes of Leishan, with me and Carlo so they have the ability um, I understand that the winners of the Joe McDonough Cup move and play the third place team in, that comes out of Munster and then the runners up play the third place team in the group in Leinster so that's the way it works if we win then we have the ability to move up to the Joe McDonough Cup so we have Derry and Down since then we Armagh have uh, Derry that's alright no, I would so, say we anyway yeah. Tom Miller put or something so, probably <laughs> not <Clapo's> team like <laughs> so you know so that's the, the change to the structure and obviously there, there are going to be further changes with the, the super rates and different things coming in in, in, in the coming years but um, with the, there's a creation of a, a further tiered uh, competition um, for those who are trying to make it into the, the Liam McCarthy proper um, like are you still a little bit annoyed at it or I, I think I think what you're most annoyed and it only took you 10 minutes to tweet which I like to rehash that <laughs> um, was the fact nobody's consulted yeah well the thing about any big changes um, being made you should be like if you're going for an episode plan or something I'm looking at the minute you know there's a consultation period uh, around the different things like if you look at the Hightown incinerator or we look at the North South End Connector, you know, there's consultation with those that are going to be uh, impacted by it. I know there's various outraged people in terms of both those projects, but, you know, in terms of any changes in any factor of society, be it uh, business, be it sport, whatever else, if you're going to make those changes, you really should cons- consult those who are going to be impacted primarily on it. Now, the first I heard of it when it was when I got a message from one of the coaches that I'm friendly with to say, uh, I'm sure um, you're not overly happy with the changes that have been proposed. <laughs> and, you know, I had to go and look and say, well, what are those changes? Like, we didn't hear from Armagh. I'm not sure what consultation was with the county board or how they filtered it down to the players or whatever else. But, you know, there was nothing. And then there was, oh, by the way, this is happening and this is going to severely impact your inter-county career and what you have sacrificed a lot of your life to play in. And it's going to impact your ability to be successful next year and you, there's no way for you to or your um, issues or your concerns about that it's happening and that's the way it is you know so that's how I felt it was and it was imposed uh, upon us as opposed to being discussed and um, ag- by agreement you know if it was to happen and there was consultation I would have been less annoyed but the fact that it was this is happening and that's it you know it, to me it wasn't good enough it sort of feels as if um from I, I absolutely love and I know Brent does as well both Leinster and Monster Championships mm-hmm. in the hurling yeah. I think the hurling as a sport don't even try and compare it with the football to watch and as yeah. a spectacle especially if you get down to Sample Stadium or yeah. something or Turles and it's yeah. the sun anything's worth the world really uh, and the sun splitting the trees like it's just stunning Yeah, and it sort of feels like from the outside in and obviously you, you were in that group that uh, they're just sort of they just want to focus now well, even in football let's focus on the big teams mm. let the little teams maybe have a maybe they might get a wee day in the sun but it's not yeah, really that much yeah. important and let's sort of focus on that and then even look at the way the TV structures are now yeah. um, and is that is there a, a feeling of that amongst still with your, arm, your friends at Armagh and stuff and yeah well certainly sometimes we feel like we're you know climbing uphill all the time and you know we are struggling with not only like recognition for what we're doing as well but also in terms of what you would get like on the Sunday game will be a strap line about your result and I have to commend the likes of the Irish News and Gaelic Life who are very good at publicising what we're doing and you know the the games and even where we're at is very competitive people you know give a lot of their time you know between gym work and between 
um, own field and you know traveling down to the likes of Mayo etc and Desway and Kerry and things got there to try and improve what we're about but there's no level of recognition and I think the GEA is about being inclusive and about you know spreading um, and, uh, the GEA and getting as many GEA players in, involved and getting the youth involved which I've spoken about so the real focus should be and yes it's doing well in the likes of uh, Kilkenny and the likes of Tepin those uh, areas which have been traditional hurling um, counties but it'll always do well in there because there's no competition in terms of like if you go down to Kilkenny and we were down there on a training camp uh, and played some of the temporary teams and um, ahead of us playing Kintark to get us ready for that there and you know they're always going to be hurling there but like it's not to say that in Ulster there isn't a great appetite some great coaches in Ulster great players in Ulster that can compete with the best that they have in the likes of Kenny the TJ Reeds and you know the Tony Kellys of this world there are the players that can uh, do that but it's a matter of progressing the youth in that to get them involved to increase participation and that all feeds into yes resourcing yes um getting the gospel out there starting it in the schools and pushing it on in each of the schools that i'm not saying you're being forced to do it but i'm saying there is opportunity there to play hurling and once we increase participation and the interest is increased and also the focus on it because i've always said that the Armagh County team is the flagship for hurling in Armagh. So if you want a kid at an eight or nine year old to play hurling, they want to say, oh, I want to be like the Nathan Curry's of this world. I want to play hurling. I want to be successful. I want to represent my county. I want to represent Ulster. I want to represent Ireland. And we do have that you know, ability if you're willing to work hard and push on. You, know, you can do that there. But I think we're being done a disservice in terms of the level of coverage and focusing on those areas. And it goes the same for um Connacht as well. Like, you know, there's some great hurling people. I, I know Cathal Freeman well from Torine and Torine were in the other All Ireland semi final this year, um, against Bally Record and, and what kind of Torine are from? Torine and Mayo team. And, oh, is that uh, Keith Higgins, didn't he play for the yeah, hurlers as well? Yeah, yeah Keith um he uh, was on the won the um the league this year um, which we had won back in 2016 and they've gone up so they're doing great work uh, you know in Mayo and they've uh, Dream won the club championship in Connacht as well so you know there's another example of where resources should be put in obviously uh, I'm very focused on um, Ulster and trying to promote Harlan in this part of the world but uh, and I discussed maybe even putting together a committee to look at it to look at how we could progress things you know not only in Armagh but you know in the likes of Belfast Inner City and the likes of Derry and the likes of Oma and you know it's great to see Calvin with the back playing the intercounty scene as well so the there are definitely uh, people who are interested in and want to push it on and they need to be given the ability and the resources to do that yeah and the platform yeah yeah. you know you were saying about um, you know at Armagh you felt like you were always going uphill yeah. and there was a bit of a struggle at times you know obviously you had some really good days in an Armagh jersey mm-hmm. what, what would you say is your best and tell us a bit about it best day in an Armagh jersey oh that's a that's a tricky one probably maybe winning um, winning the league was great in 2016 mm-hmm. obviously being captain and beating down in the final um, oh right, okay we <laughs> 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 So, uh, you know, that was great for, for me personally. Also leading your team out um, in the, the Nicky Record final in Crow Park. I think that was the day after Muhammad Ali died. I'll always remember that there. So I had a couple of uh, choice words from him uh, during the, the speech beforehand. So running out in Crow Park, you know, leading the team out, it was a, a great time for me. Um, obviously winning Nicky Records and uh, all Ireland's in Crow Park was brilliant. Uh, in the Armagh jersey, one of the best days I suppose from so an individual point of view is when we did play me uh, back in 2016 in the um, athletic grounds, we had a good crowd in for that one and we played out of our skin, beat them by 7 or 8 points you know and I suppose personally I had a good day that day as well so I enjoyed that but also I've had the opportunity to play for you know Ulster six times you know represent in the interprovincials and also I played for Ireland as well in the, the Shindy Internationals and uh, I was in my old school there doing mock interviews um, 
late last uh, a couple of months ago and in the new uh, physical education suite they have the Ireland jerseys of the players in the from the school who represented Ireland so there's my jersey and then Sean Cavan was beside yeah. me and you know Charlie Byrne as well so sure yeah, that's nice yeah yeah so it's nice to, to see that there but um, you know I enjoyed just playing for Armagh and every time I pulled the jersey on you know it was great for me not only to represent the county represent my club Middletown and also represent my family and to have you know family and friends to attend the matches and you know there's a pride there for me and I know my mom and family were very proud of me and my brother um, playing for the county you know see on defeats for Armagh mm-hmm. did that really sting are you one of these ones that will a defeat sit and, and annoy you for a while or can you just flick it off because <laughs> you've probably about six weddings to go through <laughs> and all this here and then you've worked and yeah well I suppose I'm not one that's going to you know sit and feel down about myself after it you know some of the more difficult defeats that we have had and where we've come out of the wrong side I think of Carlo last year where we just didn't really turn up we never really got off the bus and um, you know that wasn't a great day for us at the start of my uh, intercounty career when we played against the likes of Down and I remember one particular occasion up in Park Hedger where they give us a, a bit of a lesson so those defeats stick in my mind and I tried to learn from them and say well what for me personally, did I not do right, and what did we as a team not do right, and how could I have impacted the the game better, and how could I prepare better? And one of the difficulties I always find was how do I prepare better for games? Because there's sometimes where I would be regimented in terms of what I eat, in terms of water intake, in terms of sleep, and all of that there, and going out and just didn't happen for me. Whereas other times where I was doing a hundred and one different things at a time and not getting the proper amount of sleep and maybe not eating as well as I would have um, previously, and then went out and had a super game. Yeah. So that always throughout my career has been difficult to try and gauge that properly, but. Um, some of those losses how are still etched in my mind and I really thought what are we doing here you know and when something like that happens you sort of question it but you're back out on Tuesday and as both with me being one of the leaders of the team it was the onus was on me to get the rest of the boys up no matter how I felt to push the guys on and to say right that's done and dusted we have another game next week or we need to look to championship now and you know let's get focused on that there and you know what's happened in the past you can't change and you know you can only influence what's going to happen in the future so you know that then would have been what my focus was yeah and I remember like last year you obviously played Antrim and then there was a little thing made about what had been said yeah. about um because you're going always coming against Antrim. You probably some friends and some great yeah, played against yeah, them before. Yeah. I think that when people blow stuff like that up, I think that's a little bullshit because Real Madrid don't talk about soccer. They won on Tuesday night and they yeah. walked out with thirteen in their yeah, tops. Yeah, so yeah. what? You know what? The Real Madrid they believe they believe in themselves. Yeah. So see if see if Jordan Henderson had to come out and said we're off the cave to get number six. Yeah. Well, I'd have been screaming with joy at the TV. Yeah, so yeah. I know people said, "Oh, they use that against you know and people." But I think that's a little nonsense. And I thought I was quite interested in reading that. Mm-hmm. Then I'd seen it. You're confident you're going to go out, and it didn't happen that day. Yeah. And that, that's the sport. That's what happens. Yeah. But have you always had a belief that you were going to? Do you go into every game thinking you're going to win? Yeah, to well, uh, yeah. I suppose people who know me would think I'm. I don't. Arrogance not the word. I would use confidence, but with work with everything I'm of the view that if you're not going to be successful if you're not going to give 100% if you're not going to push on and try and win everything you're involved in what's the point yeah. you may as well you know stay at home or get into gardening or something you know because certainly my focus is on if you're going to commit to something this is part of the reason why I felt the, the need to step away this year was because if you're going to commit to something you do it 100% you do it to be successful um, to win and you leave no stone unturned to achieve that and anything less than that what is the point like you know even in work wise if there's hours to be put in I'll put them in if I need to learn something if I have to get better at certain aspects technically in terms of what I do in terms of who I'm dealing with you know I will work on that and try and perfect that and in terms of sport uh, wise um, I go out with the mentality that we're going to win every match and uh, we're going to blow this team away and we're going to um, 
peak in terms of our abilities and if we do that we will win and that's the mindset that I try and instill into the rest of the boys that there's no inferiority inferiority complex in terms of me as a person or in terms of going out to play any other team and if you do have that you know you may as well stay at home you're just competitive I think it is yeah well that's it and you you know that's just the way I've always been the way all my family are and you know why be second base when you can be number one you know and is that harder to, to bring into your mind when you're going out to play those more elite teams or does it come you know the excellent Antrim yeah. you know it's going to be a, a very tough game yeah well that that is the thing that I know it's going to be difficult and I know uh, that if I'm not at my best then I'm not going to be able to compete but we are realists too that you know if we are stepping up against the likes of Carlo that it is going to be difficult and we're in for a, a, a hard time but in saying that, um, we still think we have the ability to compete and to be successful and to beat these teams on our day. So the challenge to us is to play at our peak levels to compete and to beat these teams. It's not, you know, hope they have an off day and, you know, we can maybe sneak a win here. And if you go out with the mentality that, that oh, these are such a good team and they're um, going to beat us, then, you know, what's the point in even turning up? Nah. Um do you do you watch? Will you watch like the likes of the Leicester Champs and Munster Championship? Are you, and we're both sports mad. Like I would watch sports twenty four seven if I didn't need sleep. Like yeah. I, since the NBA playoffs have started, yeah. I have very rarely missed a, a game. Yeah, yeah. And then get up for work. So will you will you be obsessed? Will you be watching what's going on in Leicester and Munster, or will you just sort of be like, mm, not today, my ex retired, and I'm gonna nothing to do, no training, so I'm just gonna go and do whatever. Or will you still watch it and get? Oh no, I'll still, absolutely, I'll watch it and I'll be on the edge of my seat and I'll be looking at what they're doing and the, the different way they play, obviously, with Waterford bringing in the sweeper and how that would work in her and then, you know, Cork have changed their game to play the sort of short stick pass. And Cork were brilliant to watch, weren't they? Yeah, and, you know, that's worked for them and change uh, from their direct style of play and you know what Davey's doing with Waxford and things they got there and how things have sort of moved on and what Galway are doing in terms of their strength and conditioning and their, their sheer size like the all Ireland final last year you know those guys and I know I did my article um, earlier on about it, those size really matter but like the likes of Gerard McCurney and you know Burke is it yeah uh, Dahi Dahi Burke as well he is massive you know Flynn and Joe Canning they're an absolutely huge team but yes they are that but they're also an unbelievably skillful team oh yeah, yeah. you know so I really do enjoy I enjoy watching you know the, the big games and go, we've been down to a few down at um, Sample Stadium different things so I'll be I'm like yourself, you know. I watch any sport outside of cricket. Uh, Actually, all, exactly all the same. The time, <laughs> all, all, all the time. So I'll be a, a keen observer, and I'll be a keen observer with our mob be at the Christian games as well, and to, to see how the guys are progressing. Um. So because obviously this championship starts very soon. The Joe McDonald starts uh, today. Yeah. Hampton play me, and then the Christy Ring starts next week, and obviously the Monster and Leinster's. Who who do you see getting to the in July? There's the semi-finals. Yeah. The July weekend, twenty eighth and 29th, May thirtieth birthday weekend. Ten ten. Anyone wants to buy me tickets? Um, <laughs> who do you think will be the four teams that are going to get to there? Uh, or even if you think one team, I'll probably put you in the spot a little bit there. Yeah, right? well, I suppose Leash are a very strong team. We went down with Midland actually and played a Leash um team. Uh, when we were down on that weekend down in Kilkenny and they're a very strong team and we've always found them any time we did play them in the past they had very skillful and great hurlers as well so you know I think they're going to be hard to beat as well and Meath as well they have really progressed and um, Mickey McCullough who was manager us in the club and coached us in the club was involved with Meath when they beat Antrim in that Christian Ring final and they have really progressed and are a very good outfit so I think they're going to um, be hard to beat and Westmead I have to say were very impressive when we played them last year in the league so yeah, I think that's going to be very competitive and um, I think it's going to be a high standard of Ireland as well at, at that level and whoever comes out of that there is going to be a difficult proposition for the for the third place teams and who do you see getting to the actual the All-Ireland then series semi-finals who do you, do you see it I Cody and Kilkenny like Brent's mother's from Kilkenny so he has a wee soft spot for Kilkenny yeah, he, you, know, you, you never know what he's going to do no. like, and he, he's been there for so long 
if Davy Fett's at Waxford, there's so many different things. Mm. Like I, I, I would love to see Kilkenny and Waxford in an All Ireland semi final. Cody against yeah, uh, Davy again. Like, yeah. but who, who do you see? This, do you see Galway winning it back to back? Or Limerick have done very well. And the Pierce obviously yeah. are flying. And well, it's funny you say that. And I, ha- I was looking at this as to you know, who, if I was a betting man, where the money would go. It's just so hard to pick in terms of the hurling. If you wanted to see if bad, you'd just put money on Dublin to win the Ireland again football. But in the hurling, I, I was it was interesting when Limerick beat um Galway up in Pierce Stadium in the Division One B uh, final or promotion playoff this year. Um, Galway had pretty much a full team. Like Joe Kenny came on in the second half, and you know that was an incredible game. Limerick were down eight points at half time. And then came back and won the match, and uh, they were missing. I think it was ten of them, the Piercy guys, yeah. and then some of the guys who had been away with UL in terms of Fitzgibbon as well. So it just shows you the strength and depth Limerick have. And I, I have to say, I do have a soft spot for Limerick, and I would really love to see them push on. And they could be a good outside bet, I think, for the you know winning it, but definitely getting to an All Ireland final because you know they have the speed, they have the physicality as well, and even in the the game, I don't know in the. National League quarterfinal when they played Clare, which was an amazing game in itself. It went to two periods of extra time and it ended up with a 65 competition, um, <laughs> which uh, Limerick came out on top of. But, like, you know, they have that ability to dog it out as well. So uh, they have had the, un- the under 21 success, which has been well documented. But I think they have a real chance um, this year to, to go on and do something special, and I'd love to see it. Just you were talking about <coughs> teams, uh, tactics, you know, other teams talking about Watford and Sweeper mm-hmm. and stuff. Long term, is coaching something you would want to get into? I know you're a bit busy at the minute. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. I uh, did ask very close to my, my cousin David and he always maintains like he's a brilliant player fantastic player and he, he's been lighting it up for Armagh this year but uh, he's always said I'll make a better coach than um, uh, than, than a player so um, it's definitely something that I want to get involved in and I have d- done like the summer camps and different things with the, the young guys and when I was at Queen's I did some coaching as well um, so it's definitely something that I have my, my eye to in the future and as I said you know, if I have kids I want them to play hurling and I think that would probably bring me more involved in it and maybe hopefully I'll, I'll have some more time at that stage but it's certainly something that I can't uh, I wouldn't feel right preaching to people we need to get people involved in hurling we need to you know, push the hurling on we need to do all that there you know, without backing it up in action myself so uh, I'm still doing wee bits and pieces when I can with the club but certainly in the future that would be something I would uh, would have my, my eye on and to try and promote not only promote the hurling but to push it on in terms of the, the youngsters Yes, I did a little coaching as well, so it is time consuming. Yeah. Um. So you're gonna be president of Ireland, <laughs> coach our man, uh, build a house, yeah. run, a, run a law firm. That's gonna be, and then be a father, be a husband. That's uh, that's gonna be some crack. That is. It's just, uh, yeah, around. it's just gonna be a bit of time management. You know? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I think the PA will be busy. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, just to come away from the GA, you. Uh, a man like myself, you're a Liverpool fan. Yeah, absolutely. So we've also got a good couple of weeks. Yeah. Come up, Brenton's looking at the cross table here if he's going to punch me. Uh, <laughs> we'll cut this bit out. <laughs> yeah, so happy enough with what happened on Wednesday night? or? Well, yes, I know. I think people are maybe dwelling on the fact that we lost 4 2 and all of that there and they went to sleep at the end. But like when the second goal went in, and I was actually in Krakow um, with the other half, uh, and she is not interested, funny enough, not interested in the sport at all, and not uh, certainly not interested in Liverpool's Which is, I suppose, a good mix for me because it takes me completely yeah. away from it. But um, yeah, so we were watching that there, but like certainly me watching it, I switched off after the second goal went in because like the game was over. so uh, I think people are dwelling a wee bit too much on the fact that they scored two goals which was dubious enough but um, certainly I think we're, that actually helped Liverpool going into the final because people are saying oh, how you know, dodgy the defence is and you know, we're dwelling on that there as opposed to how amazing they've been um, you know, not only going forward but in general play like it's yeah, a couple of my mates are United fans which I'm having great fun with at the minute <laughs> but like, it's just 
really class to watch. Yeah. You know, whether we're scoring or conceding, you know, the, the brand of football we're playing is amazing and like the, the front three's been well documented. I'm a big James Milner fan. I just think he puts in a shift every time, you know, and you know, he's done really, really well and he's a good leader for the team. But um you know, uh, Real Madrid, they have the quality, there's obviously no doubt oh, about it. 100%. But they're there to be beaten too. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people are rubbing their hands at this Champions League final because you know, it could go down as one of the great ones. I think the key point is going to be who referees it. Because with Real Madrid, like, I don't know if you watched their semi final, but, um, you know, they carry on, they do in terms of the field and their the dark arts um, that they bring to the, the table, and they've been unbelievably successful, especially in the Champions League, you know. So the referee needs to sort of stamp that out early, and, you know, I think he will have a big say on the outcome of the game. This is Real Madrid, who, when they won it, it was Puskas and uh, the Stefano, when they won five in a row, yeah. one of their European Cups, they celebrated by carrying the referee off the pitch <laughs> yeah so that, 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 that's why it's important yeah, right, you know? yeah above his show, head and everything as if it was like he, they'd celebrated yeah. him like so uh, yeah it, that, that's an interesting point and hopefully the game is allowed to flow I think as yeah. Liverpool fan this has been the best team I've had a chance to follow yeah. in terms of they're just mad yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Entertaining I think it's it, just so entertaining it? yeah. I mean you, you mentioned United and United fans but I mean you'd rather have a season where you finish there in the Premier League well, yeah. and United in second, and you're entertaining throughout, and yeah. you might win a Champions League. Yes, 100%. No comparison. Um, you have other sports interests, though. Yeah. Is there another sport that you, you put up there with football that you would really follow? And is yeah. there a sport, sport, have you any sports heroes or anything? Have you any heroes growing up? And we wanted to be Arnold Schwarzenegger Commando. Yeah, I don't think I've just met that at the stage yet. Um, I suppose sporting heroes. I'm a massive boxing fan. Um, so and I've always been. Um, and you know when I was sort of growing up, Sugar Ray Robinson was like he is to me, pound for pound the best. And you know going back a wee bit here, but like I thought he was absolutely amazing. Um, big Muhammad Ali fan. Um, I suppose as with most people are, but I think I'm more fan of him as to what he did away from um the ring. You know in terms of. Uh, his views on the Vietnam War and, and some of his views outside of that. Now I didn't agree with all of his views in terms of national Islam and things like that there, but you know, from a human rights point of view and you know, as a charismatic um person and someone who you would I suppose want to be around and who transcended the sport, you know, he was the first real um person to do that. So you know, I, I think he would be one of my 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 heroes as well, and um, Sugar Ray Leonard as well. Absolutely, he was amazing class. skills. Yeah. And uh, I was actually at a charity um event there with work, and uh, there was a, a auction going on. And I would always <coughs> sort of try and you know up the price for the the uh, charity and put a few bids in. You know, I think that's my foreman background. You know that I just can't. <laughs> Uh, he can't stay away <laughs> from putting these bids in so we were at the table and there was a couple of clients and friends and different things around and we're having a good night and everything so this um, signed Sugar Ray Leonard um, picture when he had the WBC belt around his um, shoulder and the, the referee holding up his hand which was an iconic enough um, uh, photo but so it came up and I thought oh I'll do a bit of bidding for this here and you know uh, so I was up on the price up on the price I thought right that'll, that'll do me I'll, I'll not go again because there's all people interested and then friends go oh, just go again go again so yeah I put the hand up again and the bidding stopped oh, no. <laughs> and I think maybe I was about one year two year qualified at that stage you know so it was a very expensive night but you know when I do look at it in the house I think yeah it was sort of worth it sometimes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll look back on 10-15 years time like oh right, yeah yeah it was on. okay but yeah the, the next morning I was uh, just so ahead and that just made it slightly so oh, that's a bit more expensive than any sheet you've ever yeah <laughs> exactly is there is there a boxer now that you would love to I I was and I say I was a Canelo Alvarez fan yeah, massively yeah. and then with what has come out we still don't know the whole truth what's going mm. on but it's very dubious yeah um, like, uh, when something like that comes out at all you know like, you're asking questions 2012 Olympics to change the sport uh, when Mo Farah was doing I was obsessed with watching him on the TV running mm-hmm. and then now I was coming out and thinking mm, I'm not watching him any. do you know what it's, it's, when that happened with Canelo I was sort of like 
No, I can't, I can't really yeah. follow. It. See, I loved Canelo as well. You know, when he fought Mayweather, I thought this he's the guy to beat Mayweather, but he just like he goes out class, and Mayweather was too slick and too hard to hit. And he made Canelo look completely average. Then you know, fast forward, and this is where I have a real issue with Canelo. So you, there's no doubt he's been he's a doper, like he, and he's been suspended. I think that the Nevada Box Commission was very late on him in terms of giving him six months, which is ridiculous. Should have been a lifetime ban. Yeah, given what they've they've done previously, um, so um, that was bad enough. But like, if you think of when he fought Khan and he hit him with that right, and like that right would have you know knocked a wall through, and you know he could have. Like Cam was in a bad way after it, and he could have killed him. And you know, someone who gets an advantage from doping and then does that to someone else in the ring, you know, it's it's just not good enough. I'm a massive uh, Golovkin fan, and he has had the pedigree the whole way through, like in the amateurs and um, right through his career. He he fights tomorrow night again, um, and he's thirty six now, which is the other thing, and. With a Canelo fight falling through, I think he first was fifteen million, and then pay per view buys, and when it's Cinco de Mayo, um, the Mexican uh, festival this weekend, you know that would have been a massive fight, and then I think his purse is down to a million, and with the expenses and different things of Albert and training camp, but I, I I'm a real fan of him. I think he's he's a complete beast, and he's brilliant. Um, I like Lomachenko. Oh, <laughs> the Matrix. Yeah, he. That's another. I'm a big that's um wet my appetite now. Uh, Lomachenko and Lares, uh, Lenares, who I'm a big fan of as well, you know, they fight next weekend and, you know, it's going to be a real, you know, technical, like, Lenares is great, um, when he fought, um, over in England or, uh, against Crawler in the two fights, you know, he was class at Uppercut, he, he's, he's a class act, Lenares is, but, like, Lomachenko, it's like, uh, kneeling down molasses, you know, a two-time Olympian, you know, what he did with, Bingo, um, the last time you made him look bang average, you know, we they call him Nomas Chanko now, and he is absolute quality. And I think he's really embraced this whole matrix thing, you know, where he can't be hit. He literally uh, can't be hit, yeah, like. <laughs> I know, and he's standing in the pocket and he's in the pocket the whole time, and you're missing him, you know. So he's quality as well. Um, closer to home, uh, I'm a big McConnell fan. Um, I actually watched it off you saw the Broken Rings um, series I've seen that a bit of it I haven't seen yeah it. so I would definitely recommend watching that about the, the Rio Olympics and what happened there and what uh, didn't happen where were you when that happened I was actually in work and I was following because I would know um, Mick and um, the family a bit from living in Belfast and sort of boxing around there so um, I watched it on I was watching my laptop and, uh, in work which probably shouldn't have been but um, <laughs> my boss is a big boxing fan too so I think he was watching it and um, you know it was just stunk and it's funny that um, uh, the, the Russian guy has been signed to the same um, promotion company as Conlon so I think they'll be getting that fight on so he can have his revenge but he's like, gonna pop he, the head he, off yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> like he, he, he you know first round you know his skill he just hit and moved and he couldn't you know, couldn't touch him and he might have been badly beaten up uh, against the Filipino in the, the round beforehand and shouldn't have got through there but Anyway, outside of that, you know, Conlon then realised after the first round I need to go to war here um, because he didn't get the first round even though he boxed the head of him. So um, then he went to war and he like he manned him and he caught him and like the punch um, stats and the power punch stats were, you know, it's completely lopsided and he, the Russian guy after it was a mess like, and he couldn't fight in the semi-final against yeah. the American. Um, he's also signed to Conlon's label or his... Um, With Bob Arum, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He's, um, Shakur so he's signed with him as well so you know he, he got a bye into the final because the Russian was so badly beaten up after the Conlon fight he couldn't fight like so that, that really I watched it in work as well but we were all around our TV watching it mm. and I was with a couple of lads that are from Michael Zuria and I would know him yeah. and we were watching it and the room was just deadly silent and people were fuming like people walking off into the canteen you could hear stuff being slammed there and they were very very annoyed because that really did feel like Michael's gold like yeah. the whole time building up to it it would have been such a moment for boxing here as well like to yeah well he, I suppose he was world number one you know you go back to Michael Cruth when he won it um, yeah. you know all those years ago Katie Taylor obviously amazing winning it in um, 
London, London. which actually <laughs> this is a controversial comment but I'll say it anyway here we go I, 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 I thought Katie lost that final um, oh god so, uh, <laughs> oh god uh, but, but anyway I think it was maybe a slight hometown decision potentially but uh, ah it's a sports <laughs> battle <laughs> yeah but uh, it was going so well <laughs> yeah that is a controversial one but he wants to fight back I thought you know the I think the Russian opponent she would box very well that time but anyway she got the goal so that's history I suppose um, but yeah, it would have been exciting for uh, Michael to to have won that gold. You know, he's obviously turned pro and he's doing very well, and he'll be down on the thirtieth of June. He's fighting at the SSC Arena, which will be great as well. I just think he, need, from my advice to him, not that I'm an expert, but he needs to sit down his punches a wee bit because he's sort of winning these earlier fights, you know, by overwhelming the, the guys and, you know, those couple of body shots he's thrown has been very good. But he, he, uh, someone at his level should be blasting these people out within 30 seconds and then moving on, you know. So uh, I think he probably will do that as he gets um, further on in his career. But, uh, yeah, he's the potential world, world champion in the making there. Uh, we'll have him and Frampton and with Ryan Burnett as well. Look at all yeah, the world like, That's good. Like, yeah, Ryan Burnett's amazing. He's another guy I've had a lot of time for and I've, I've met him out a few times and different things and like he's as down to earth guy as you could ever meet. Like, and you know, he's, oh, I don't know if you've never met him, but he's absolutely no head. Like, um, and he's just quality operator and you know very very slick but like his fitness the work he does is i know some of the guys that train in his training camp like and you know he is the benchmark for fitness for endurance for like he can do 12 rounds on his head easy and that goes down to the level of work he's he's put in and different things so i think he's going to be a champion for a long time and you know a nicest guy he couldn't meet and you know he's the, the next superstar i think i met him at cliftonville once Oh, um, yeah. I have a little soft spot for Clevenville yeah, um, yeah. and I coached there and I met him once and he is he, and this is us saying it he is a small man yeah, yeah, yeah he, exactly. he is tiny but yeah. if he catches in the chin you're going to go uh, asleep like yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely Carol thank you so much for coming on no problem this. Uh, hopefully when your business gets up we might be able to get you back in again when the season starts yeah um, absolutely we're looking to do a uh, uh, GA podcast from now on and get it covered because with what's happening with the TV coverage and different things it's not being covered as much certainly not all up here in Ulster yeah, that's so right. we want to get helps, you know, yeah. push it on certainly we want to get bang into it but thanks so much for coming obviously you'll be disappointed next weekend when Darren beat Armagh but <laughs> we'll get you back in after that and you can tell us what's going on I might have to jump over the fence for the game that happens I'll have to get text I'm going back in to play <laughs> but um, no thanks for coming in and enjoy your retirement enjoy the rest of your weekend I appreciate it thanks guys